Today's episode of the Happy Zen Podcast is brought to you by The Story Engine. Say goodbye to writer's block. Stop struggling and start creating. Generate story ideas, creative writing prompts, and D&D campaign ideas in seconds with The Story Engine Deck. Head to storyenginedeck.com and use the promo code HAPPYZEN to get 10% off your entire order just for being a fan of our show. And now, on to the episode. Some said they couldn't do it. Even more said they probably shouldn't. But here they are, bringing you another episode of the Happy Zen Podcast. Welcome your hosts, Adam and Matt. Recording in progress. Okay, we must be doing something right. We haven't done anything right, but we've made 50 episodes and people listen, so that's all that matters. I'll be honest with you. I thought after 50, I was able just to retire and be done. But apparently somewhere I wrote a contract that said I have to do this until I'm dead. I also want to note that in the time frame that we've had two, two, uh, sorry, 50 episodes in that two years, there are podcasts I have followed that are into the hundreds, hundred or hundreds of episodes. <laughs> so I, right. I think where our success might be lacking is due to frequency. Go on. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what is what it are you now? implying? <laughs> our infrequent scheduling. I thought COVID was supposed to make this easier. Well, how does... How Having a podcast that is all virtual, we don't have to be in the same space. How is this harder to get episodes up than when we had jobs and we had to be places and I had to travel all over the bloody place? Well, see, that's the the thing. Like, nothing has changed for me. I haven't gotten any additional free time. It's been exactly the same, if not busier, than I was before. Now, you, on the other hand, I guess your travel's been significantly reduced. Yeah, but somehow the, the void has been filled with these uh, Zoom and Teams and Cisco and you name it. I, I think I've experienced just about all of them at this point. And uh, yeah, it is. I mean, for those listening, if you are in the Zoom world right now, or as everyone's calling it, or just the, the uh, uh, <clears throat> what are we calling this? The uh, video conferencing age right now. Like we finally have come there, which is fine. And we're going to be staying there. That's for sure. Um I think you can understand a couple of these challenges. One, you have a conference scheduled, like a meeting from, you know, say one to two. And then you got a two to three. Predominantly, and I know it sounds really bad, but before I would have been like that one o'clock meeting probably would have been maybe 12, maybe 11, still an hour. But then you have like the few minutes before and a few minutes after part of your networking. Then you got your traveling to the next place. You get a couple phone calls done. And the next meeting probably would be closer to two o'clock and then an hour, et cetera, right? What you don't realize is the value of that, like winding down and winding up for the next one. Because when you literally click the X button and then open the new window, your brain is still in that last window. And you're still, you're trying to be part of this meeting for 15, 20 minutes. And when you finally catch up, you're about to end it. And then you laugh because you can see everyone else has Zoom brain. Do that six to seven times in a day. It is fucking exhausting. Your brain is still in that first Zoom window waiting for you to open it back up to claim it. It's unreal. And I think everybody, 
has essentially taken advantage of that. And they're like, well, I mean, they're, they're not going anywhere. So we can schedule a meeting back to back to back and get Dude, twice I, as many oh, meetings in. I went from nine o'clock yesterday morning. I thought, what a great start. I was still going at nine o'clock at night. I had a, a, a quick stop for lunch and I had a very brief stop for dinner. And then I went right back on and I'm like, what the hell? I would never have booked this much stuff in a day if I had to physically go places. Mm-hmm. So why is this a thing? And it's, you're right. Like it's, it's, you can't tell people, no, I'm mentally breaking down. <laughs> I need an hour. I'm not booking during that hour. But, but I, I, a couple of colleagues of mine have said to me, you know, they've actually worked in little half hours here and there that they just block off their calendar and they refuse to book anything. And I'm like, you know what? That's probably very smart. I, I think it's something we're going to have to really start considering because I think this drive for, I mean, productivity, I guess, is allegedly what it is, but it's just burnout, really. It's I'm, just I, accelerated burnout. I want to meet the person who's fucking around that is causing the um, reports or articles that are spitting out there about this new, this new type of theft, the cheating of time. I want to meet these people. Because I want to punch them in the face because they're drawing attention to things that, that have advantages and disadvantages. But this idea of cheating of time blows me away. Like, I can, You'll I can have just, to explain it. So like, the concept is that employers are losing out because their employees aren't doing as much because they're working remotely. Just, you know, the myth. And then they have all these different tracking mechanisms they're trying to utilize to show how productive people are. So even if they're active... And they're active with you know all the different Microsoft and different types of uh, operations. Now the employers have gone to say, well, just because they got the window open and there's some keystrokes, I don't know how active that really is. I'm like, holy shit, that's no different than staying over top of somebody at their desk and like, well, you look like you're busy, but I don't think you're doing enough. Like, yeah. It's no different. You're never going to be satisfied. So stop pretending. The fact is you're taking more meetings. Like if I look at how many interactions I have on my calendar, you know, I'm hitting with no fucking exaggeration, 30 to 50 meetings a week, probably. There was no way I was doing that when I was driving around. I was hitting, you know, if I hit a dozen in a week, it was a crazy week. And I'm doing easily 30 to 50. And that is, you know, national, international, and regional, you name it. It's not hard. And so, because you can have a meet the meetings, it doesn't matter where anything is anymore. It's a click of a button to a fucking link. So I just kind of think to myself, don't tell me about productivity. Things are moving faster, actually, in a lot of cases um, that I've seen things. So, I, I mean, I, listen, I work with government in a lot of ways, not for government, by the way, but with them in, in some things. Um, I talk to them a lot because my job's in government relations. Uh, and typically, the you know people get the idea that things take a long time there. Right now, things are moving very quickly because they can put a lot of you know mental bandwidth there because no one has to travel anywhere. Like the, the the elected officials are traveling, but everyone else is just able to, you know, teleconference and electronically do things. And there's this sense of wanting to hold on to it. So I think people have let go of a start and stop of a day. And I, I can't tell you how much more exchanges I get from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. is almost as much as what I get from 9 a.m. to 12. And it blows my mind. But it's like, yeah, like it, those boundaries are just gone. Like people just assume like, well, you're essentially working all the time now, which is, you know. Yeah, ridiculous. so I, I started instituting like um, I had it and then I lost it. I was trying to have like a, a solid six o'clock stop every night. Mm-hmm. Like still, 
later than it should be, but I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll have a hard stop at six for zooms and calls. I'll do some email checking, you know, closer to the late night because everyone's still going. So I'll do some of it. So I'm not like slammed first thing in the morning and then uh, pick up and go in the morning kind of idea. And I was running with that for a little bit, but then that's gone now. And I've looked at my calendar from now till Christmas and I, 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 I want either COVID to end <laughs> Or my internet to manually shut, like automatically shut itself off at like 6 p.m. Because I've got stuff going into the evenings now for way too much, way too much. Well, and you, you make another good point. Like, even if you stop working at six o'clock, if everybody else is still pumping out emails all night, then that puts you that far, that much behind. further behind the next day. Yep. So you, you're almost forced to check emails and whatnot at night just to, uh, to yeah. Stay no, and I'm with, I think there's a lot of people, and I'm whining. And as any of our listeners know, I'm a bit of a whiner probably, but at the end of it all, save you saying it, at the end of it all, I'm sure many people have experienced this and they, they either are, they don't want to say anything because the luxuries of being at home, and I'm not going to deny that, getting up from bed and knowing it takes me a minute and a half to get onto the computer and do a Zoom meeting from any point of my house, you know, that's nothing like having to be in a car for an hour and knowing you know, it's an actually an hour and a half and you got to try to make it in an hour, not be late and be ready to go. So I, I get those challenges. Um, there's lots of luxury with it, but on the flip side of things, it's, uh, it's soul sucking because now there's like rooms in your house that you don't want to go in. <laughs> because yeah. When you walk in the room, it's a commitment to another space. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyways, it, listen, it's not all sunshines and roses. I know that, you know, that COVID has offered us, uh, advantages and disadvantages. Um, and it's definitely, I think working from home has advantages and disadvantages as people have said before in the past, but right now we're all forced to experience it. I'm certain it, elements of it are going to stay, um, certainly. And uh, I've already been told that by a few people I work with in different companies and stuff that I you know, um, collaborate with. They've made it very clear they're staying in this space for quite some time. You know, up until the vaccine is up and running and people are being uh, in a very comfortable way. But even then, they've already kind of said they don't see the idea of a full-time capacity. And they're mm -hmm. already looking at 2021. And a lot of, like a lot of businesses are doing this. What do they need for physical space? And so they're going to reevaluate that. And it's interesting. Yeah, I just heard the, um, like the city of Toronto is looking at getting rid of a lot of their office space because they figure the same thing. They're just, they're not going to need it. A lot of employees, even after this, will yep. be majority working from home. Yep. And so the, they can save the money on, you know, the real estate or make, make money if they sell it. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, or turn it into affordable housing, which city of Toronto desperately needs, and that would be mm -hmm. wise and then municipally owned land. So who knows? Maybe they'll be smart to do that. But anyways, that's politics. So no, other than that, I mean, it's just been an interesting ad, uh, adaptation of things and it makes me kind of chuckle because we start this off with, I can't believe we're not getting more episodes as opposed to basically we're still our regular recording routine that we had pre-COVID. If not, I think we might be even a little more spaced during I think COVID. we just answered that question. Yeah. I, I know, I know. I, I, I'm not, not denying we answered it. Yeah. So with that being said, though, are you keeping up or trying to keep up with basically the happenings of pop culture of, I mean, movies just keep getting pushed back. So we don't have to worry about that. But well, know, streaming shows and, you know, shit like that. Uh, 
the big one that came out yesterday was actually a prediction that we made months and months ago, and it could actually finally turn the tide on um, what actually happens with the release of major big budget action comic book yeah, movies. Yeah, I love what I write. Say it. Uh, so they announced that Wonder Woman is coming out December 25th simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max. Yep. Not a hundred percent sure the Canadian output for this as of yet. I've heard mixed things. I've heard theaters for sure, and it'll be on Crave in Canada, but it may be delayed. I don't know some rights thing. But the big thing is in America, uh, same time uh, you'd be able to watch it at home for no additional cost. It's not like the Mulan thing where you had to pay for you know Disney Plus and then additional money. It's included with your HBO Max uh, subscription. My understanding is it's for a month, and then after that, it'll go into the regular rental aspect of it. But see, that's a there's a neat way of doing it. See, I told you the smart people will come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. So I have my streaming service. The benefit is, bam, I got it. I get like a one shot out of it. I'm surprised they don't even have a feature where like you get to watch it a limited viewing, like two right. or three times, and then yeah. after that you rent it. Maybe that's the other alternative instead of time. Like but it's essentially a rental, but it's a free rental, and then after yeah. that you would pay if you want to rent it. You could it use again. this thing as much as you want for seven days, 30 days, and then boom, where we go. I, I, It's smart, and if you really liked it and you want to rewatch it, you know it's worth renting. So it brings back the idea of rentals, right? But anyways, mm-hmm. I just think, we said it before, there's no way they're going to not explore options they have been saying all the information is coming out. They're making more money or equal value money releasing on streaming. It's not changing. Theaters are fucked. Theaters, well, theaters also took a, a real chunk of the profits. Uh-huh. So the overhead cost of the theater and then the cut, you know, Cineplex, AMC, whoever was taking, you take that out of the equation and they're like, fuck this. This is easy. And you don't have to do the press tour thing the same way. You can do a virtual press tour and people are used to this. In fact, you're getting more eyes on stuff. Yeah. And you've got like with the DC movies being owned by Warner Brothers, who owns HBO Max, and then the Marvel movies, which have Disney Plus, they own the movie being made. They own the distribution of the movie. And then they'll, you know, own the the DVDs or, or rentals after that. So it's okay, even if they take a hit on views or uh, pay-per-views, the the money that they save yeah, it, probably it offsets that, if not more so. It's probably still just the convenience. I'm going to guess if you're going margins, it's probably still the same profit margin. Mm-hmm. So you just, okay, so, you know, it, it looks great when you see a billion dollars, but when you see the cost associated, then it's a certain margin, right? Yeah. So in this case, I think, okay, so the profit's 500 million, but it turns out their output was way less. They probably determined that this makes them more money. And so, yeah. I I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure there'll be all sorts of analysis on the numbers and that kind of thing. But this is what we said. Like, it's going to take one of these big blockbuster movies to do it. And if it's successful, which I can't imagine it won't be in some form, I think it's just the the beginning. I think we're just going to see a whole snowball. I'm actually considering now HBO Max because of... Well, we can't get HBO Max here. Well, Crave and right. that. However, however, I will get it. I'm considering exploring and getting it because of this feature. Because if they're going to do it with Wonder Woman 84, which is I'm, like 
a flagship film for like the next year to mm -hmm. two years. Mm -hmm. How the fuck are they not going to do with anything else? So then for me, I'm thinking, okay, how many other films are they going to be associated with? Or how many other production companies are they associated with that I'm not sure of because they're all like parent companies, right? So I need to figure out who those all are, then determine the type of movies that I might be getting through that. And then I'm waiting to see what Disney does because I would be shocked if Black Widow doesn't do something similar. I, that's a lot the one of, that's going to happen. Well, yeah, if you read about any of this right now, you'll see that there's a lot of like apparently board members are speaking out anonymously saying that they want Black Widow to be the first one they do like this in the Marvel franchise and they want to get it done. They don't want to push it back. Um, I really thought, and I, that was the one thing I did say earlier, <laughs> go back a few episodes. I really thought Marvel would be the first one to do it out of the two brands. Um, I know Mulan was the test subject and they're probably really in getting the analytics of how they did that and how was it working and is that model going to work? Now that the Warner Brothers has come out, they're going to do something that's a little bit different, but with a big, big title, I can see them trying to get a hold of the analytics behind this one in the first 30 to 60 days and then making a quick decision what they're going to do with, with Black Widow. Because I don't think, whatever they did with Mulan, I don't necessarily think they have to apply it to everything else. I think they will try different ways. Because um, I don't think D Disney, you know, Marvel, they're not, how can you put it? They don't get stuck to something for the sake of saying that's the only way we're going to do it. They will evolve. They will change. They will do things. And so I can see them doing something in this space um, a little bit differently, depending on, and I haven't looked up, how Mulan worked out. Yeah, I mean, I imagine there was a lot of blowback just on the cost, uh, like pe people having to pay above and beyond the the subscription to Disney+. Plus. I know that was a sticking point for people. But I would be shocked, even if you're looking at optimistically, I don't think it'll be until 2022 before we get back to traditional, if we do uh, get back to traditional movie theater releases. I can't imagine 2021 is going to be anything but this sort of thing where they try different things, find what's what works. And maybe it's different methods depending on the size of the movie. If it's an independent movie, maybe it goes straight to like a Netflix or Disney plus. If it's something like this, I, I don't, I like the idea, even if it was two weeks, put it on the streaming service for two weeks. If you can't make it in the two weeks, then you got to rent it. So what? I mean, I think that's fair. And you know, there's a, if I think of it from the indie film standpoint, I think this would help the small production companies more because you're on an equal platform now. Like, and what I mean, I know you're not on those big paid streaming services, but you're in the same place that you could potentially be out there streamed. And if the, I'm sure other platforms will start to come up to help the small independent films, and when it creates those those opportunities for people to view, you know, the variety of different types of films, I think it creates a little more parity. Because you don't have to deal with the bullshit out of theaters and trying to get runs in theaters. Now now you can operate in the same space with everyone's on the internet. Because before you would always suffer if any films try to go out with small streaming or like in, you know, limited options online. They had to compete with the big theater brands. So you couldn't touch those. Now I know I'm not saying a small indie film or you know, a streaming or some sort of content is going to compete with Netflix. But at home... I, I have a push of a button to switch between the two. It's not, you know, it's not like I'm making a big deal to go to the theater and do this big thing and now I've invested that and I've drained my energy into that. Now it's like changing a channel. I can pop out one, watch Wonder Woman 84, and then if I wanted to explore other film, it's just a push of a button. 
So I think yeah. for the average viewer, if they can start building opportunities and everything's coming through this pipeline of streaming at home kind of concept, and, and there really isn't another option for a while, um, I think you're, you're going to really reface how film and television goes. And I just, I still call it, man. I think it's the death of the theater. I think the theater becomes a nostalgic thing like the way of the drive-in theater where they're there, but there's not a lot of them. I do think more of them will exist than the drive-in theater. It's going to take time. But the amount that we have now, I won't be surprised to see a lot of communities and regions fall into like one theater, like one building with like maybe yeah. 20, 30 screens, but the rest of them start to fall off. And and I mean, you can already see the trouble that they're getting in like um, locally Cineplex is now pushing, you know, renting the theater essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because they they're just empty. Like they're not they're not getting people in. And I mean, that has possibilities, but I don't think it's going to be a huge money maker uh, unless they charge an arm and a leg. And then who's going to want to do that? When again, like we just said, a lot of the stuff is going to be available from home anyways. So it's nice to have the big screen experience. And, you know, if you got your family together or, or maybe, I don't know, whatever the situation is at the time, if you if there's a bubble or whatever, you know, to go to see a movie in the theater, that's great. But it's got to be the right price to make it worth me leaving my house and potentially risking my health to do so. Yeah. And I just don't know. Uh, I don't know if we're there yet, especially if these options are going to keep coming for home. I, I yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. percent And it's just I think it's something we called it early, and uh, I'm sure I know we're not the only ones. But uh, to watch watch it continue to unfold, it's unfolding at a pace that seems pretty appropriate with the way things are. And I just don't see, you know, you just look at you just look at the way things are happening with the pandemic. You know, somehow the tolerance, like I think back in March when people were losing their minds on 275 cases in Ontario and. You know, we shut everything down and now we're like 1400. Like it's nothing like, mm -hmm. I, 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 are we just getting like the black Knight Monty Python? Like it's just the flesh room. Like, I, I just laugh at this because it's, I can't get my head around it sometimes. Like, yeah, anyways, I, 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 I'm trying not to think about it too much. I mean, you so, look at just for example, like the school system in New York city is closing down and they're at a 2% infection rate and Toronto yeah. is at like a six. Yeah. So what I was getting at is, clearly this thing's still running for a while. Like yeah. the way we're handling things is not changing quickly. And so, yes, there's lots of hope with vaccines. I think everyone feels a little bit of relief that there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel, but let's not forget how long the fucking tunnel is, by the way. Um, so it's still a long way to go yet. And, and it still only had human trials on like 40,000 people, which sounds like a lot, but let's wait and see. There's lots of things still yet. I'm optimistic. Yes. But They've made it very clear to us that, you know, timeline wise, you know, mid to late 2021 before the population, the general population is getting, you know, the vaccine, yeah. start running its course. So a year from now, before we start finding our way back into movie theaters. For yeah. Example. And that, that, that's so kind are of the time frame. Are they going to make it a year? Like a year from now, like they've already, they've, in six months, this has been devastating to them. Many businesses, but we're talking about movie theaters right now. So it's been devastating to them. The film industry is already starting to turn on its head a little bit to think about how it's going to release and structure, and they don't want to give up. So they're still running and filming, and we're seeing that happen around the world. Um, but you know, the strategy is how the releases are going to go. Some films might fall back to a regular release, but 
you've got to think those film companies are looking at the theater industry and saying to themselves, these fuckers might not be here December 2021. Or there might not be, you know, if there's 500,000 theaters right now, there might be 150,000 theaters come 2021. We can't rely on theater releases being the only option we go with. We're going to have to have a secondary option to get that capital because there won't be enough screens and enough seats to be able to fill anymore. Well, I think what's going to happen is, much like you mentioned with the drive-in, the theater is going to be the secondary income and the primary income will be the straight-to-home in some form. So you can see it in the theater or you can see it at home, but most people watch at home. I think that's, like you said, and like just the numbers are, are, there's no way the number of theaters that are open are going to stay open and the size of some of those places, and especially with restrictions, depending on how they are. I mean, you have a, I don't know, what's the like a 24th uh, cinema theater and you can have 50 people in the entire building. Like what's, yeah. what's the point? You, you yeah, and, you're, and you're a long ways away. Like, you know, I, I, I follow a lot of the elements of the news. Like we are pretty much, we've hit our threshold now for intensive care in the province of Ontario. So, and that's not just for COVID like in general. Right. So if the pandemic keeps to keep going and we're not slowing down infection rate and people are needing the space for ventilators, we're, we're at that tipping point of the hospital system going, we're fucked. Like we're fucked for ICU space, which means people aren't going to be able to be kept free and clear. And the idea of infection transmission at the hospitals could be at a very scary rate because right now they're able to contain it because they have control over the ICUs. Once they surpass that threshold, all bets are off. That becomes football fields with fucking tents. Like, you know, all the movies we've seen, or just America, um, what's going on right now, that's coming if we don't get our shit together. And like, fuck, I went to Home Depot tonight. I planned my shit. Okay, today, I'm going to go out. I'm going to do two stores. I haven't been out of the house for three days. So I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do it. So I did two stores I need to get done. Home Depot is one of them. I go in, got my mask, do my shit grab my wood and this guy's walking by me and he's got his mask down below his chin talking to the guy at the store and the guy at the store has got his mask on. They're like, I, I, I laugh. I looked at them and goes, do you guys just want to fucking hold hands? And they just looked at me and I'm like, seriously, like, are you even aware? And they just froze. They looked at me and the kid looked at the guy and he goes, oh, can you put your mask on, sir? <laughs> I'm like, you walked all the way from the front of the store to the back of the store. At what point did you not notice that motherfucker did not have his mask on his face? So anyways, that kind of shit, I get fatigue, I get all that crap, but I mean, grow the fuck up. We're not going to a war, we're not in trenches, we're not dealing with like fucking losing our lives by bullets and crazy shit that we, you know, this is our war. This is our generation's war. Because deep down, this is probably all we could handle for a war, first of all. I don't think we have the capacity to go have a war like they did 100 years ago. And secondly... We're not doing good with this one. Well, yeah, and this is preventable, and we aren't preventing it. So, like, what would look, we do if in a situation that's not preventable? Look, society, that's grown up with the participation award. I need to test you and realize what your limited capabilities are. So here's the test. I need you to stay home and do nothing. But that's Three just participating. Later. Just participate, please. Three, three days later, you motherfuckers are failing at that. Yeah. <laughs> just stay home. Use all that shit you don't need. Use it more because you get to stay home. Uh, I need to see my friends. They don't like you. 
They, they don't, don't want to see about you. it. You're bothering them. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I said, you know, it's a good indicator. It's sad. Cause I feel like I'm mildly alone. Is that how many people are, I'm, te- am I tempted to go see you? I mean, the list is pretty small. It's like you and your wife. I'm like, I would like to come over and hang out and see you guys, but I know I can't. You didn't want to just get a storage locker and just have a big party? That wasn't on your mind? (laughs) Fucking people. Like, there's nothing for one year. For one year, take care of yourself, man. Like, put a little bit of time into your body. Put a little bit of time in your eating habits. Fuck that. If you don't want that, enjoy eating shit from all around the world. Have a burger eating competition. What the fuck you want, man? Like just start a podcast, sit every day work. and record into a, into a black room. Yes. It doesn't matter. Just and do better than do us something. for all I care. Just, you know, spend time with family, which by the way, shouldn't be imposing. That should be celebrating. Um, there just, there's a way to do this. Um, and it's actually lots of cool benefits that you could potentially have. The choices that people are so admin on not giving up for a small portion of time is just fucking insane. My daughter said it best to me today. And she goes, yeah, I was, I was watching the news. I'm like, oh, that's always fun. And she said to me, she goes, yeah, I was watching them interview somebody who said, uh, you know, how, how, it was the anti-math protesters in Ontario. And so there was a walker by and the, you know, ca- the newscaster or whatever was uh, asking the guy, you know, what do you think about their claims about the mask being inconvenient and this and that? And the guy starts laughing with his mask on. He goes, a mask inconvenient. It was inconvenient dying. And then it was it. The newscaster just like laughed, like didn't know what to say. He goes, that's really inconvenient. Yeah. Having family or friends that die and you can't go to a funeral because you idiots have made it so that we can't actually have five people to get together. Yeah. Yeah. That's inconvenient. Like, like, yeah. So anyways, we we rant on this every week, but you know what the ranting is because it's so simple. It's, It's one of those really simple things. And it's amazing how much we fail at it, which reminds me that society cannot be tested with anything large. Like when I saw the movie, This is the End, which I know is a comedy about the apocalypse, it's a very fitting idea of apocalypse and how people are going to handle it and Mm -hmm. go through it as comedic as it is. It may be accurate. Yeah. No, we don't want stands a fucking chance. Emma Emma Watson will survive and kill everybody, but everyone else is dead. What, what is not accurate, it clearly, is something like Armageddon. There's no way we could get a group together that fast and a plan together that fast and accomplish that plan. It's just not possible. We would fight for six months and that asteroid would blow us to bits. The asteroid would hit right when the rocket took off. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that's our luck in society right now. If we got to that stage. Yeah. If we got to that stage. Like, I loved Elon Musk. Uh threatening to fire people if they said they thought they had COVID were getting tested and the motherfucker got COVID <laughs> and he took five different tests to ensure whether it was accurate or not. I love it. I swear to God, the COVID has a sense of irony about it. And I really appreciate that. I think even when we had our discussion about Elon Musk back in the early days, I, I'm pretty sure it came up that there was a fine line between genius and insanity, and he is really riding that line from day to day. Like it depends yeah. on which day you get him. I, I, as you look back with historical figures that were geniuses, it's true they all lose their mind later in life. So maybe we can actually get a bit of a tracking mechanism at the point where he goes from genius to, to nut job. 
Yeah, we'll be thanking him like at his funeral for all the great things he's done, even though he died from like the common cold because he refused medicine. You know, like, I'm sure that's the path that he's. Yeah, heading I on. see. The, I see the Monty Burns with the white beard, the long fingernails, yeah. the white robe in his office, trying the, to get into the Bruce Moose. The yeah. Kleenex boxes on his feet. Yeah, hundred percent. I totally see him being there. Except this guy's going to be armed with flamethrowers and probably inside of like one of those T100s from RoboCop One. Well, look, yes, every single episode is going to talk about COVID-19 until it's gone. I'm sorry. If you don't like it, skip past it. That's what fast forward's for. However, I will say because of that and because our numbers continue to get, I don't know, bonkers crazy, uh, we are trying something different this week. Uh, assuming you hear this, it probably sounded good. If you don't hear this episode, it probably sounded like garbage and I got rid of it. But unfortunately, uh, it looks like we may be doing these remote episodes for a while longer. So we're just looking at different options for improving our sound quality. And Skype is uh, not fantastic for sound. Shit. Yeah. Uh, so with that, and we're about 32 minutes in, I'm going to say welcome back to the Happy Zen Podcast. Uh, <laughs> man. Is that officially our latest entry of the title? Uh, sometimes we don't even bother. I mean, it's That's fair. True. That's why we put in uh, an introduction. That's why Ian's there to there do that a for us. Picture. You pick, you clicked it, you hit play. You knew where you were. Why do I have to tell you? I think after episode fifty, we can start getting real lazy, like lazier. Well, we don't, we don't. We, yeah, I know. We don't. <clears throat> I'm we like, don't where the say, hell is this going? I don't know how to get much lazier. I'm laying on the floor to podcasting. With we you. we don't say who we are. <laughs> we don't introduce ourselves. The show we have. Uh, oh, I was going to say no format, but I mean that's already there. Yeah, this is a script. You're right. I got nothing. We're already there. I don't know how this gets lazier, but rest and, assured, we will find it. This is a catch-up episode because, again, as you mentioned earlier... The last earlier, three have been catch-up episodes, it's, it's, just pointing out. Yeah. Well, look, it's been a while uh, since the last one. So I think this episode is really just going to be talking about what's been going on. I've got a whole list of stuff. I don't know about you, as you lay um, on the floor. Nope. I went, had ideas for a podcast, okay. and then you turfed that. Did and I? And then here we are. Here we are. What was your idea? Yeah, I want to do a podcast with Sean Connery. He's on my list. Go. Well, you can't just do that. That's just rude. <laughs> okay. Uh, what I will tell you is this: I did get notification that Crave now has the entire James Bond collection. I will make an effort. See, there's a difference. See, you grew up in a in a household that, like you, you had the James Bond movies, didn't you? A lot of them. A few of them, but I I Only watched. Few. I had watched them all. I know, but I also didn't have TBS like you did for most of your life. I know they used to play them like crazy. Yeah, that did help. I'm sure of it. But also, we were avid video cassette VHS, yes, people, uh, collectors. So that was a thing. And we used to run those movie clubs where you would sign up and get like 12 or 20 movies for like 99 cents and then cancel it six months later. Change your identity, we, move. We did that so many times. I don't know how the hell we did that. Anyways, but we did. I, so point, we had a lot, of, is, we had a lot of movies. I'm going to try to fill in because I really, and I, we talked about this uh, off mic earlier uh, when this, when Sean Connery passed away. I really haven't seen a whole lot of Sean Connery films, surprisingly. Oh, that was so fun. I'm actually pulling up our text messaging because that was one of my favorite threads that you and I have ever text messaged before. Because <laughs> I couldn't believe what you said to me that you don't watch. Oh, here it is. 
I said to him, we should do a Sean Connery episode. I said, he did so much we can make our top 10 pieces. It'll work. It's easy. You went 10. Hmm. I might not be able to. You're way more up to speed on Bond films than I am. I'm like, holy shit. Dragonheart, Highlander, Rock, Untouchables, Bond, plus all his voiceover work. And then you went to, well, I'll have to go to his IMDb. And then I just kept typing Entrapment, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Medicine Man, Just Cause. I, I stopped at that point thinking, you haven't seen... You've seen Dragonheart. Come on. I don't think I have. Dennis Quaid as a knight, and he was the voice of the yeah, dragon? I'm pretty sure okay. I haven't. Highlander? Yes, I have seen Highlander. Thank you. The Rock? I, I own The Rock, yes. Untouchables? Uh, yes, I have seen Untouchables. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Nope. What? That was a comic book, for fuck's sakes. I, By I, definition I, of this, this show, you need to have watched that. Yeah, but it was like in the... It was like... Like the Avengers TV show, I wasn't or movie, I wasn't gonna watch that. Like it was early two thousand, so everything was kind of shit. So DC had to go with it. Kind of ruined um, his career. Medicine Man. Nope. Oh my, that that was a good film. So, anyways, um, Last Crusade, I think maybe is the only other. Oh, uh, Hunt for Red October. Okay, there you go. Come on, That's it. Scottish guy being a Russian, it was awesome. Yeah. Well, and he only gets, and he didn't try to be Russian. I think he was being a, uh, a Spaniard and a uh, Highlander. Like, come on. He can't. Yeah, because he wore fancy colors that had a funny earring. My point is, yes, I, I I appreciate what he's done. I'm just saying it's it's a it's a blind spot in, in a lot of his movies I just haven't seen. I feel me. like Sean Connery was one of those like gems in Hollywood that was in more shit than you can think of. And in some cases, it wasn't always about Sean Connery. So, you know, there's there's plenty of movies he was the the lead, but I always felt like he was a co-lead on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't even call it support, supporting actor. I just literally want to call it like a 1A, 1B type f- film uh, setup because he just, he would be probably put in a supporting role, but because of his work, it was always like a split, you know, a split lead. And... Well, that being said, I just think he was in a lot more than people even think about that jumped to mind. And when you start going through, if you do go through IMDb, I think you'll be shocked at how much is there. I mean, you shouldn't be overly surprised, but I think there'll be films that you go, holy shit, yeah, he was in that. Like, you just forgot. Like, good films, and he was in it. And so you just kind of go through a list, pardon me, a list like that, and it surprises you. Do you think he is the most successful post his bond career like compared to the other bonds oh compared to the other ones for sure we won't we won't count daniel craig because he's still you know he's still going doing his stuff yeah. but like if and, you look and at daniel like, craig i think has the potential to match it oh i agree for yeah, sure because his you just all you have to do is watch knives out watch um, logan lucky that was i was just gonna say i was trying to think of the name of it logan lucky great examples mm-hmm. Those two alone, let alone Layer Cake was good too. Yep. Um, but you just dig into it. Like it's not hard to find a lot of really good Daniel Craig things that are outside of Bond already. Um, but so I, I think like Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, yeah, no. Pierce Bronson. I, I just don't think they had the careers that Sean Connery had after his Bond well, run. Bronson's the closest for sure. Yeah, um, maybe yeah. I, I, there's some good things Pierce Bronson has done that's entertaining. Um, did you <laughs> recently? I, I watched that new Will Ferrell Rachel McAdams film with. Um, oh, um, the, the I know the, the singing competition the one. Singing competition yeah. from Iceland. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Pierce Bronson plays his dad. Yeah, yeah. 
It was just so great. And like he was the handsomest man in the, the village, but he like does a womanizer and an asshole. But it was just and he was just so good at it. <laughs> he was just he's just he can play a lot of things. And so he's kind of like not Connery, but yet in his own vein, like he can do a lot. So I actually wasn't a big fan of Pierce Bronson as as Bond. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my Bond, even though that time frame it was our generation's Bond. Sure. Um it just didn't to quite strike the same way, but his stuff outside of that, I actually prefer Pierce Bronson's stuff outside of Bond, where Connery as Bond, love it, and it's harder to say. There's lots of things I appreciated outside of Bond, but like the two things run parallel. It's like two trains running side by side, whereas with like Pierce Bronson, I think it's a train and like a maybe a streetcar that eventually goes underground that people don't want to talk about. And once one pops back up, but it has a limited track. The other two, she's I get so confused by your references. <laughs> I know I do it on purpose, but anyways, otherwise I just don't, uh, I don't have a lot of stock in this stuff. The other two, I mean, Moore was a good bond. It was always a debatable. People like to debate how good of a bond he was. Um, but with that being said, you know, no one even talked about Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Although, uh, he does show up in like some interesting places like uh, hot fuzz. Uh, and what else was he in recently that I saw him? In? Like he's, he, he shows up from time to time in like character roles and stuff. That's pretty yeah. impressive, but yeah, no, as bond, you're right. So for you, Connery's that's, that's your, that's your favorite bond. Uh, 50, 50. I'll be honest with you. He's, I love him. I think he's the most classic bond. I think he's the bond you compare every new bond against. And sure. then I take Daniel Craig and compare it against Connery. And I go, it's the closest in the interpretation that I really enjoy. And so I think it's neck and neck. I like the modernization of the bond films. So because of the whole modern flair is there, I really like the Daniel Craig in that role. The older Bond films were classic to me, but I just, maybe it's my ADD. I just like to have a little bit more going on. So for me, the newer films make it work. Daniel Craig does well in his newer films. So that's where my bias lies. Right. Okay. So you, do you, 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 you don't, do you even have a bear? I thought your dad was a big Bond guy. I mean, I'm a big not. Timothy Dalton fan. You know, License to Kill was probably my favorite. Uh, I, that's the one, if I re- remember correctly, where they parachute into the wedding at the beginning. Uh, that's probably the best one. Is that also the one where the guy gets uh, microwaved and his head explodes? Because that's pretty cool. Wait, no, that was a pressure chamber. But yeah. it also might have been the same movie. No, I, I honestly... I. This is why I also I brought up the the Bond thing. I really do need to go back and and refresh myself. My dad, I think, and I could be remembering this wrong. Maybe lean towards the Roger Moore ones, um, but he had. See, the thing is, Roger Moore had some of the better, I thought, better Bond stories. Mm-hmm. So the movies he had, I thought, lend themselves to a better opportunity for it to be good. I I think it like, was. It was almost more comic booky his his Bond movies too, right? Like there was more of that um, slightly unbelievable uh, aspect to it, like more so than maybe the, the Sean Connery ones. Mm-hmm. Like which one has the underwater base? I can't remember which. I can't see the questions they like all that. I blend can't together. Uh, you know, like Moonraker. I mean, that was Roger Moore, right? Yes. Anyways, uh, rest in peace, Sean Connery, as we veer yeah, off and no, talk and about that is, I mean, what a full life in that respect. 90, 
it is 90. Was it 90? Right on, 92? He, he was, yeah. I mean, and he was smart enough to be like, the same thing Jack Nicholson was 90, 90. Is, is like, 90. got out of the business before he was an embarrassment well, to himself, right? I think the the feedback was there was a touch of uh, dementia going on. Uh-huh. So that's a, that's a difficult thing. Um, but no, yeah, no, I mean, rest in peace. Thank you for all the wonderful work you did and the legacy of the films we have behind to watch. And there's classics that you have created that, you know, a bridge too far, as we often forget. Um, and he was, was it the great train robbery? Yeah, it was. So anyways, as he's go just going through, through the IMDb. Well, his older stuff, I mean, there's uh-huh. lots of, I mean, this guy was, let's be fair. Like his IMDb goes back to like 19. All right. I was the guy who liked Zardoz. I'm sorry. I I own that movie. I've watched it once. I cannot tell you what's going on in that movie at all. I think at one point there's flying rocks that talk to him. He's wearing that weird like banana hammock diaper sort of outfit for a while. It's it's messed up. I do not know what's happening in that movie. Anyways, rest in peace. uh, Sean Connery. Mm. So what else did you want to talk about? I will say definitely a a Zenial icon, if not for Zenials, definitely their parents. You mm-hmm. would have grown up with his movies being, you know, probably your dad had some favorite Sean Connery films, right? So, oh for sure, your grandparents, yeah, no Sean Connery. Uh, what else? What else? What else? We talked Wonder Woman. Oh, oh, here's another one. We kind of talked about this sort of thing before too. These reunion specials. Um, and you, we, well, actually what, what really set it off was the save by the bell thing, Mm -hmm. which by the way, still looks atrocious. They continue to advertise it. However, I don't know if you saw, uh, and I think it's out now, but uh, I saw the trailer maybe last week or early this week. There was a fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion special that is coming out. I didn't watch it. I haven't, I haven't seen the actual special. I've seen the trailer. Um, they, I, I, I like the idea. So it's not the show. It's just the actors getting together on the set. They've rebuilt the set uh, and just going over, like reminiscing about stories and, and stuff that happened. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's interesting. Now what's really interesting. And so my wife and I were watching the trailer and about halfway through, she's like, Oh, I see the, uh, the original aunt isn't there. You know, because they had bad blood, uh, uh, Will Smith and, and her. Uh, oh, yeah, she was not going to be there. So at the end, uh, he, Will Smith is like, well, you know, we couldn't have a reunion without, I forget her name. And she comes out and it's just like, everyone's like, oh, my God. And it, like, it just kind of goes, cuts to black kind of thing. But apparently it's actually quite a a, a poignant uh, moment of the special from what I, what I read, just them confronting each other, basically. And, and I mean... He has nothing to lose at this point. Uh, but it, it, and I guess they have like a, a dedication section to uh, to Uncle, Uncle Phil. Uncle and of Phil. course, of course, the scene that they show when they're talking about that is, you know, why don't he love me, Uncle Phil? Uh, Will's breakdown scene, which I don't know. Where where was the Oscar or Grammy for the or Grammy Oscar? Uh, what's the award? Emmy? Emmy? That's the one. I was going to let you keep going because I didn't know what else you could think Where's of. Where's the EGOT? He's going to get an ego for that. So anyways, yes, that's out. Um, I just didn't know if you'd seen the trailer for that. No, I, I didn't spend time on it. Honestly, I've been watching actually a lot of film, a lot of things on Netflix lately. Netflix had a big batch come out. So I've been watching a lot there. Hmm. Do you tell anything interesting? 
the Queen's Gambit, first of all. My wife loved it. I have not seen it. Oh, fuck, it's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't... Listen, they, they try to say it makes chess exciting. No, it doesn't really make chess exciting. But it makes um, very, 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 very intelligent people who are borderline psychotic, which Elon Musk, um, makes it very interesting. So, and then throw in the dependency issues she develops from an extremely young age um, makes it very interesting and they don't really hold back on any of this stuff so very very fun to watch um, very very good acting um, I like the cast I like um, there's a young guy I always want to call him Peter Pan I'll pull his name up right now because I got IMDB in front of me so I don't get it wrong I like let's just call him Peter Pan no no it's Thomas uh, Thomas Brody Sangster so he's been in a bunch of stuff um, he was in Maze Runner uh, all the maze runners. He was a voice in. Um, uh, oh, I remember this. It's one of those um, dragon shows. Okay. What the hell was it called? Anyways, but yeah, he's been in a bunch of other things. He was the one from um, Love Actually, the little kid that played the drums on Love Actually, the Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Fuck what? Uh, he was in. It's okay. People, of, people he, can look this up. It's fine. He was in Game of Thrones as well as a little. Oh, he's. Little, uh, was he? Uh, what are the the forest kids? Jo- Reed, Jojen Reed. Jojen Reed. The we had the yeah okay yeah he had the sister. Yeah. yeah. So, but he also played Peter Pan in. Uh, oh God, was it an actual movie or was it a stage production? I can't remember either or. Anyways, and he was really good at it. <laughs> so I've always known him as Peter Pan. Anyways, and he doesn't really age. That uh, counts for anything. Like uh, the kid doesn't look like he's like he tries to play. A twenty-something-year-old in this, and I still think he looks like he's fourteen. And they put his mustache on him because there's no way he grew on his own. Um, and I say all this: he's born in nineteen ninety. There's no fucking way this guy's thirty years old. Uh, but anyways, nineteen ninety. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, I remember what I was doing. Anyways, he uh, he. Anyways, he's good. I really enjoy him in it. Um, and, and the lead actor, she's good too. Don't get me wrong. Anyways, I've been watching that. Um, I finished The Boys, but watch a Mandalorian. Uh, I watched The Gentleman three times now. Um, oh, God. He, I, I, and I'm more upset because I then want to go back and watch more Guy Ritchie films. I want to go back and do Rock and Roll and, and, and Lock Stock and um, Snatch. Snatch you can watch on most streaming services, but you can't find Rock and Roll on anything. Um, Lock Stock is like – it's like – it seems to be for one month it's on Netflix and the next month it's not, then it's back on again. So mm-hmm. I don't get the fuck's going on there. Anyways. So yeah, you want to track down some of those, those guy Ritchie films. Cause they're really fun. Um, not King Arthur, by the way. Uh, and then, so anyways, can't find them. Swept kind of away. I got Ritchie's only done four or five films for my recollect. The rest <laughs> of them don't count. <laughs> to be fair. I think I own rock and roll. So you could probably borrow it. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So anyways, they're uh, really fun. And I really, really enjoyed The Gentleman. thought it was good. I'm not the world's biggest McConaughey fan. I kind of only liked him in, uh, let's see. What have I liked him in? Well, I'll get back to you. This isn't the um, IMDb program where you just go through IMDb. Like, okay, what, no, no, no. Was good? I paused because I really don't know if I've ever liked Matthew McConaughey in anything. Um, fuck, now you got me going down. The, what's the what frailty? Yeah, he's okay in frailty. That was might be the one, the one I can live for. That's my yeah yeah. You might find the one. But that's probably it. Uh, I haven't watched Mandalorian yet. I did finish the boys. Uh, so yeah. oh, the boys. 
Fuck yeah. <laughs> I will say I was a little concerned after the first few episodes. I, okay, hold on. Let's just throw up spoiler warning right now, folks. Yeah. If you haven't watched the boys all the way through this go, because I kind of want to go right into it. So I want to talk about it. Okay. Shit, so spoiler I'm warning. Waiting. Skip I'm ahead. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for, for you to fucking watch it. Okay. So what I'm going to say is I think the first few episodes were slow. Oh, 100%. Uh, I think the first episode I almost didn't like just because mm-hmm. Butcher wasn't really in it. And yeah. I was really concerned. Uh, you were a bit, you were bitchy actually, if I remember correctly. It, it, it was noticeable for me, like when he wasn't in it, but I just love Carl Urban. So I think that's probably it, but yeah, the back half of that season. And yes, it's only like eight episodes. So the last four episodes, it ramped up so fast. Uh, it, it was, uh, it was great. It was fantastic. Now the, I'm not saying that the first half was without anything. Cause the first half has that insane, insane, uh, chase with the deep and the whale and the boat that plows through the whale, which is, I, I can't even, I don't even, I'd say that's the craziest thing, but then there's so many other crazy things that happened in that season. I love it. When that happened, when he, that happened, he comes out how diabolical that was, which by the way, he used it so much better the second season. Mm. Um, so I loved all that, but I thought they just set the tone. This is going to get really nuts. <laughs> like this is going to get worse. And I, and cause you know, they just ramp the whole thing is an escalator, right? So I really appreciated the, those pieces to it. What? Homelander is all the psycho we figured he would be. The sociopath we figured was coming. Just yeah. continues to just get worse and worse. Like the fact that he keeps that guy in the cabin that changes into the girl whose head this, he blew open. This thing with him <laughs> and the breast milk is so oh. upsetting to me. It it almost made me want to like fast forward through it. But like I get, like I understand what they're doing. But yeah, that that was insane. The, the, the chameleon guy. Um, but it's weird because like they borderline try to make you feel bad for him, but then he continues to do stuff that you're like, well, I can't even possibly feel bad for him. Like you're almost like, well, I kind of sympathize with him. You know, even though, uh, his new girlfriend's a, a super Nazi, you know, he just, he needs some love. He he needs some company. Okay. Did you see that coming? Oh no. No, not, no. not, not, okay. not, not, no, no, I didn't. Cause a lot, a lot of times, like you can say to yourself, yeah, I kind of saw something weird coming. I really thought Stormfront was the modern in your face, pain in the ass was going to push out Homelander, make Homelander snap, whatever. When they turned around that she's the fucking original and nut job and the whole thing's from Nazis and mm. this whole thing is a Nazi. I'm like, you know, that layer, I didn't think I needed it. When I first saw it, I didn't think I wanted it. And now I can't live without it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's also not the last layer. The last layer is the very end scene when you well, finally find out who's blowing or... up people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> and then you went, what the hell is this? Well, and it leaves you going like, okay. So first of all, a couple episodes back, the entire courtroom, essentially, minus a few people, each have their heads explode like popcorn and it is hugely graphic it's disturbing if you're not prepared for that or at that point accustomed to the level of violence you're watching in that show it is uh oh yeah like if somebody walked in oh yeah it's disturbing but like at that point i thought okay like briefly i thought well it must be something implanted in their heads but then it doesn't quite line up because people that aren't uh bought employees it happens to so you're like, okay, 
what the hell's that about? And they kind of, you know, leave it. And then at the end, like you said, it's revealed that uh, basically the this the I think she, is she a senator or I can't remember yep. what her yeah yep. who's against Vought and who's brought them to trial ends up being the one that has that power to make the heads explode. Now we don't know if she's doing it for good. We don't know if she's more evil and is trying to take over that foothold. We really have no idea what the plan is, and that's probably a really good way to end the season. Yeah, no, and they took it to a point where as it was wrapping, you start thinking to yourself, oh, maybe there's like maybe one more season. Like it's not gonna be now they've done it in a way where I'm like, oh, there there's there's gonna be a lot here. Like you have opened up the opportunity to go for quite the run if you wanted to here. Um because it isn't so Vought versus you know, people versus Vought. That's a part of it. Now you have this whole Nazi Nazi history thing. Um that's, you know, a problem. Cause it's not it won't be just Stormfront. Like that was one thing. There's gonna be others, right? Uh and then fast forward, uh this senator, where the fuck does she fit into the equation? Yeah. Because she's not Vought, clearly, because Vought would have known about her. Mm-hmm. So she's a whole other thing. So there could be a whole other arm. And by the way, she was killing innocent people too. So she's all over the place with where she lays inside this whole, you know, spectrum or conundrum you want to call it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. And well, and then she's also kind of behind uh, the, the TV show basically ends season two, kind of where the comic starts and the fact that in the comic butcher is already part of a, uh, a secret, but government funded organization to take on the soups, which he kind of is at the beginning of the show, but not, it's pretty broken. The end of this season, it's built like it's, he got, he's got approval from that Senator. They've got funding, uh, you know, and they're ready to go. But what I did like was a few things like it sounds bad maybe but i'm kind of glad his wife's out of the picture only because it now lets him move forward yes uh which is interesting and then the whole dynamic with the son being the one that killed her by accident i really really thought butcher was going to turn on that kid i no nope. i was pretty surprised i'm sorry I, I, all good for you i mean that would have been fun to watch because for me i actually saw the kid to me I'm like, the kid's going to kill. As soon as the kid did his thing, I'm like, the wife's dead. Mm-hmm. Knew it right away because that was the perfect way. I knew they weren't going to kill Butcher because when they gave us an episode away without him and the, the uproar that came from him not being in one episode, I thought they already foreshadowed that. They're not losing Butcher. He's too big of a piece. Their relationship with him and um, what's his face there? I'm the worst with names. Huey? Yeah, Huey. It's too important. He needs. He's the parental figure to Huey. Huey needs a parental figure. Um, it clearly doesn't work. Really or as you kind of learn that it's it's almost a, a brotherly thing because you find yeah. out in this season that he had a yeah, brother well, that he it's, lost. Yeah, it started as father figure for Huey. Now you learn about the brother thing, and so it'll, it'll evolve into that. Yeah, um, which works really well, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so all that being said, you knew it wasn't going to be Butcher. I thought for a second it was going to be Homelander. I, I thought legitimately the kid was going to fucking put a hole in Homelander. Now whether it killed him or not, I don't know. I I, I was all for like. Homelander having one arm. Can we like talk just, about what happens to Stormfront? Like, holy fuck. <laughs> she loses both arms and legs. 
Yeah. She, you know what she, it, it's, it's almost identical to Anakin Skywalker in episode yeah. three after at the end when he's just burnt to a crisp, no arms, no legs. And she's just spouting like German gibberish because she's just so messed up. Now, the interesting thing is they, they mentioned that she's being held somewhere. So I wonder how that's going to come back later if, if she's going to be involved anymore or not. I kind of hope she is. And I kind of hope she somehow recovers to like with that show, she'll probably have like metal arms and legs or they'll put her on a spider body. I don't know. Or she grows shit back. Yeah. But I, I liked like We don't know. I liked the actress. Like, I think she did yeah. good. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was very very fun. I like that Maeve had more of a purpose this season. Yeah, like you know, definitely her fear of Homelander is done. So that fact that she can be a stronger person inside of there, I liked that. I liked how that worked. So, and I like I, I do like Starlight this season better too. Like she's starting to figure out, you know, the world. If she is that innocence being portrayed of life, like the all sunshine and roses, and understanding that the world's fucking gray venom, and she's you know, adjusting to it accordingly. Yeah. So, and her mom's still a space cadet, which is cool. But, but she confronts her out. mother. Like she really pushes yeah. back this, like, she's like, no, like what you told me yeah. was wrong. And you know, I love you, but I'm done with this. I love that scene with black noir too. Oh yeah. Like just so many pieces of that whole thing that went together. Really appreciated all of it. So it was good. It was definitely, um, it was an enjoyable season for sure. Set up the tone for some awesome stuff to come still. And I just feel like it's one of those shows where it's going to be a real struggle to be let down. Um, I hope in the history of shows that we've watched that have big series runs that or relatively big series runs, you know, four plus uh, it doesn't go the way of the walking dead where they just, they've hung on too long. It goes the way of like sons of anarchy or um, another one I've watched recently all the way start to finish twice now uh, Shit's Creek. It just, it knows when to end. It knows when the story needs to end and it's not responding to what fans want. It's responding to what the story needs to be to be successful. I, would, I hope that's what it does. I would be surprised if it needed to go past five or six seasons, to be honest with you. I think they could. I don't, I, I'm really thinking four to five. Amazon has a history of not really running long, right? Mm-hmm. So, so far, I know they're newer, but if you follow the series folks, things they've put out, nothing is really that long. Now, was there any characters you did not like or you thought weren't dealt, like didn't really uh, do much? I like, I like Fren- Frenchie's arc was good. Um, I liked his arc. I didn't think, uh, what's his face? Eminem. Is it Eminem? Yeah. M-M-M? Mother's, yeah Mother's M- Milk? Yeah, he was. He didn't really have a lot they, to do this season. No, they put him in a weird spot. Like he was the pseudo like supporter of Huey. He was he was the connector to keep the two of them to figure themselves out. But at times, I don't think he was needed. Like they they put him in a he could have been doing other stuff. But then when I look at where the how much space was inside the episodes and what it was being consumed by, Mother's Milk couldn't fill that space. So I think I think he's the first to die. If anyone's going to die in the group, I think it's going to be him. Yeah, I, I think definitely season two focused more on the uh, the seven. I think maybe yeah. it was more on, on that side well, of the storyline. The seven, but then also like this, you know, Stormfront and then yeah. A-Train's an interest. They made me like A-Train now before I couldn't stand okay. it. Now, now I'm kind of liking A-Train. How they ended, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so pitch perfect for the deep. How 
the entire season, he's doing everything that's asked of him by the, what is clearly the Church of Scientology or, or like a, oh, a yeah. reference to it. And he brings in a train and a train's like, this is, you know, a bunch of baloney. Fine. I'll go along with it. And in the end, a train gets reinstated into the seven and not the deep. And it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect for the deep that he like, I don't know what's going to happen. I think he's going to snap like more than he already has. Like something has to happen there. I think ultimately he's the one that kills Homelander. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because it's it's the it's the the machine that Homelander wants to keep alive because it, it's everything for Homelander is the same machine that is destroying the deep and has been destroying the deep from the onset. And and so I think it'd be a wicked arc because you can give me all these other arcs for reasons, but I think you can play this storyline out and I, the deep. I thought season two gave me so much more for the deep. Like I thought it was hilarious in the first season, but the second season I'm like, you're, I like where you're going with this. Like this guy's really fucked. He really wants back in. He, he, he doesn't know where to fit. He was at the pinnacle and now he just, you know, a laughing stock and like, what would that do? And I, I think there's just a lot there with that still to, to ride out. Yeah. And um, yeah, that whole church of Scientology thing. I'm wondering if the Senator has something to do with that church. Well, and they've got connections to Stormfront too, right? She, well, that's was, what I mean. she was a member of that's, that in the beginning. So yeah, I don't that's know. That's where I think the, the, the senator can fit with that because they seem, even at the end, they still had lots of weight in, in pushing around stuff, right? Sure. Like they still had a lot of say. So there's something there. There's, they're, they're not completely a for, unforgone conclusion or however you want to refer to that. There's still, there's still factors. And uh, maybe we should talk about I don't think it was the last scene, but it was definitely the last uh, memorable scene that uh, Homelander had uh, in the final episode uh, in which he basically just jerked off from the top of a building onto the people below because he, he just re- because he can. And he just repeated the mantra that he can do whatever he wants. It's he is a ticking time bomb like I think (laughs) I don't see him staying all the way through wherever they take the story. I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, part of me says when they end the story or the arc or the whole thing, it has to end with Homelander dying. But I have a sneaking suspicion. Homelander will be like, Homelander will die before the end of the series. Now, whether it's the last season or the season before or something like that, I think they'll find a way to end it. And then they'll finish another story arc off to finish it off. I don't want Homelander to be dying in the last episode. And that's that. I want to see an aftermath aspect of it all. I do think he's about to go right off the deep end. And that is exactly where you're kicking into the third season. And I don't think he's invincible. It's going to be the his kid combined with Starlight and Maeve and Butcher, and like there's going to be shit in there that gets this done. And the senator, like, there's something's going to happen inside of this capacity. Yeah, like traditional storytelling would would assume that he will face off against Butcher or Butcher's son, uh, or his son, I guess, uh, as the final battle. However, this show is far from traditional and. To me, it seems like he is accelerating to his death or to his end faster than they are getting to where they would confront him. Like, you're right. I feel like there's a strong chance that he 
self implodes. Like he is something happens before they even get that confrontation. Now there's also a part of me that says, you know, be really cool writing is that he redeems himself and becomes the Superman, Clark Kent, Homelander, you know, actual good human being. He would have to do a lot of redeeming. Oh, that's listen. We're talking about coming from the pits of hell. I get it. But nothing is out of reach with this show. Yeah. So so the show could, could go there and it wouldn't be horrible that it went there. It could do it. Um, whether I buy it or not is another can of worms how they do it. And they certainly wouldn't do it over a slow arc. Like they've taken two seasons for him to lose his shit completely. So where he goes on the other side of that, who knows? Um, but now that his son doesn't want him, and he's got to put the the women back in the seven and all that other shit. Yeah, it's a tough, tough story. I, I think there might be room for one more step, and and that is that he is kicked out of the seven. Like that might be the last, because that's all he knows. Like that's his his life. So you know, his mother figure is gone in the first season. His lover, companion, whatever she was, is essentially gone. And then, like you said, the, the women uh, that he did not want around have basically taking control of the seven if the next step is him getting kicked out and then what like i don't i don't know another side takes him in like the church maybe like that 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 scientology like church i don't know yeah i don't know Uh, the church could be a thing that they end up the church is i don't want the church to be the end of homelander so that's i'll be straight on straight honest with that i don't want that to be the end of homelander I don't mind him eroding that whole storyline himself, but we'll see. It would be funny. Yeah. If he just somehow leads to his own death, which seems to be kind of where he's going. hundred <laughs> percent. So what else have you been watching? That was huge. Uh, not much. Uh, I finished that. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I've been playing, bit of rocket league i've been playing a new game that came out called hades which has been fun uh and then we've been playing uh well occasionally we've been playing uh our emberwind campaign uh online yeah so that's been that's been a, a probably most of my free time which by the way has actually gone a lot better than i expected that roll 20 website seems to work pretty well when once we figured it all out yeah 100 percent uh so that's that's been going good um but yeah no i haven't really been watching a whole lot hey sylvester stallone joins the suicide squad i have written down here did you know that he was already there they're just they are doing so wonderful at ramping up the fact that they have everyone in hollywood as part of this film because everybody wants to be part of uh james gunn's jump to dc so don't tell me he's only voicing over king shark now i don't think so he's already yeah he already did it so do you think he's gonna do king shark because i thought they already had somebody for that uh it seems like that's the case and he would be the a great voice for it yeah maybe i could see it he could totally do it uh, his, his character's persona aspect of things would be perfect for king shark i like james gunn i need to see a full trailer f- for this movie though because the last suicide squad 
burned me so bad that there's just the the, the fact that they're already doing spinoffs like the John Cena character and stuff yeah. that they've already said series to. I'm not against that because I think they, they know what they're working with and I trust a lot of the minds. Um, I just, I worry when they give us so many characters to digest. I mean, guardians was a lot for the unknown, but it wasn't crazy. Like it was five, you could argue seven or eight characters you were introduced to, um, which is a lot, but not that much. What he's doing with suicide squad. Like that's like 20 characters. That's a lot. And the, and the screen time is still only two, what, two, two plus hours, two and a half. So I don't think it's even that far. So that's a lot to, to digest and to dive into. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. Well, I mean, there's no one in there that that is a, a, a tough call. I mean, there's t- the cast alone, like all of them I'd watch in any of their own films anyway. So all of them together on the screen is a bit of a dream come true. A bit expendable-ish. Oof. But... Uh, that's always fun. So we'll see. Uh, I mentioned Rocket League. Are you playing uh, League of Legends or have you taken a break? I've been playing League because Ranked is done now. The season ended. Okay. So the game's fun. The game's fun again. <laughs> so what's, hap- what's happened is, one, I can't play Ranked. Uh, two, when I play, the matchmaking now is people that are more appropriate to my skill set. So what's happening is you're playing with people that maybe would have played Ranked all the time. So the... You have like four people on your team now that are accomplishing the overall objectives and one Looney Tune as opposed to one or two trying to do the objectives and three to four Looney Tunes. So the ratio has turned around and went, oh, this is great. So I'm literally on a 13-game win streak right now Wow! (laughs) of just every game I'm going in and dominating. And I'm getting mastery chests and I'm locking on characters because we're going into So I'm... I'm preparing myself for when the season starts in January to actually make a solid go in January and see what I turn into, see what I can get for a rank out of it. Because that's when your front end rankings go. So you're playing with people that are really giving it a shot and everyone's doing their best. So as much as it's hard on the other side, the equality of the quality of the game should be a lot better. So the, the ability to rank with that should be better. So you're Because di- when I tried to start playing the game six months in, people were already firmly established and it was either smurf accounts coming on some people way over way over your rank mm-hmm. and they're trying to rank up as fast as they can for their youtube channel or whatever or it was the leftovers who couldn't get out of where they were and they were horrendous and to be fair the learning curve on this game is quite long i've gotten to the point now where i can certainly manipulate a game uh and i can take a game i was 0 7 and i won win at winning and i was the carry and i pulled off like 31 kills after I was 0-1-7. So it's not impossible. You just got to understand the function and flow of the game. And there are ways to stop that damn snowball when it starts to happen. But you got to recognize when the snowball is happening really, really early. And I can now understand five to seven minutes in what that looks like and how to derail that. Whereas before I was only paying attention to the snowball 20 minutes in, where that's when it's running over the village. And how's that Twitch account coming? Fuck that. I don't have the bandwidth. I, I don't think my machine can do it. Not well. I still struggle with streaming uh, in the bedroom. Uh, not the bedroom, the, my, my office upstairs in the spare room. Um, video conferences. I, I get the uh, unstable connection thing pops up quite a bit. So I know I can't do it there. Downstairs, possibly. We told Rogers to stop throttling the fuck out of our internet. And so they've... Uh, 
by 10, I think, jumped up our uh, upload, download well, capacity. Probably because everybody in your neighborhood's using their internet, internet but, like crazy. So, so even when they jumped up the capacity, it doesn't seem to have really changed too much in terms of the quality. So, I mean, the only other way I can do it is plugging into the modem, but I'm really not about disrupting my entire house just to stream a video game, folks. Sorry. It will not wreck the rest of your house. It'll be fun. No, no. I mean, like moving my modem to put it in the basement, to that direct connect to this. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean, disrupting the just, whole house. Just buy like 100 feet of cable. Just run it to where you need it. No big deal. It's not like you just renovated your whole house. It's it's nothing. Yeah, I would just it would just get cut. I would do it, and then the new cat we have would destroy the cable. <sighs> yeah, well, wouldn't wouldn't last. I'll, I'm gonna give it a shot now that we've got everything's been upgraded in terms of uh, the the upload download speed of the house apparently. So I'll give it a shot. I, you know what? I got time this weekend. I will officially try this weekend. All right, you watch our social media. We will announce it if it happens. Yeah. What I will. And you have to tell me how to log into our social. How do I log into our 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 uh, Twitch feed? Oh, I thought you were starting your own. Well, I guess I could start my own. Fair enough. Oh, you could use mine. I don't care. Um, what I was going to say was, uh, what you could do. What I have right now is they have the um, the power line uh, adapters. You put one near your modem and then one in the room where you want it, and then they. Uh, send the internet over the power lines from one end to the other, and then you plug into that. It's an interesting concept. I mean, I'm using extenders through the house, but yeah, well, this is still technically a, a wired connection, so it'd probably still be yeah. better for you. That would probably be way better. Well, we'll see how that all works out. We'll try it without, and then maybe we have to advance to that. But I'm getting back into my records and picked up a few records for my birthday that just recently happened. Yes, happy and birthday, gonna... happy 29th birthday. Yeah. Plus a decade. Um, and then, uh, yeah, but building a new, I'm going to build a, because, uh, you know, COVID, I'm just going to build furniture. Cause That's why there's no I, wood left. I have, we have lots here. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to build, I'm gonna build a, a record stand. that. Uh, but now that I'm building a record stand, I started thinking to myself, you know what? I want external speakers. So now I'm going to buy external speakers. <laughs> so now I'm going to build the record stand to incorporate external speakers. So it just escalates horribly because I'm at home looking at this stuff. And I'm like, that's a bad idea. Yeah. But I was very surprised. I bought a couple of records from Walmart. Yeah. Walmart, Walmart's been doing a lot of the, um, like, I guess, for like lack of a better term, like I'm classics, not, I, essentially. Well, I'm not, they do new stuff. That's yeah. kind of, or newer, like last 10, 15 years. Yeah. So I'm not like, I don't need to go get the old original copy of Thriller to feel satisfied in life. I'm fine if I can get it for 15 bucks somewhere else. Um, also, I like kind of like more, I like some classic stuff too, but don't get me wrong, but I prefer newer stuff. So like Florence the Machine, I picked up, that was like 15 bucks. They, and that was like free shipping because I got that and I got um, X Ambassadors, I think it was. Yeah. And then there's something else coming to, of oh, Monsters and Men. You know, just things I like. So relatively the last 10, 15 years and it was cheap and they came and I was expecting shit quality of the the record and that, but actually it's, it's fine. It's newer. It's obviously newer, but it's fine. Yeah. I think in your case, the, the quality issues is just your, the built-in speaker in that record player. So as long as you Bluetooth yeah. to something else or use an external speaker, I think you're, you'd probably be all right. I'm going to get an external speaker because they actually, it has speaker jacks on it. Mm -hmm. So I'll, uh, I'll run the auto video to a couple uh, bookshelf speakers. Cool exciting back in the record business well I, i've always i like it i do listen to mine but i, I kind of want to start collecting them a bit more and 
to be honest, I'm not going to go hunting because I feel like everyone right now is hunting for shit online and used and everyone's buying everything. So I accept the fact that I want to buy new ones. So I've looked up a few different things online. I was trying to look at some like local stores that sell records online, but wow, it's hard to spend 40 to $50 on a record that may even be used, but I can pick it up for 15 to 20 bucks between Walmart or Amazon. It's a, that's a tough game to play, man. So I feel, I feel for those record shops. I do look at them. I'm trying to figure out how to define things that I don't mind buying from them to kind of keep, be supportive, but really hard to pay three times the price for an item, man. Yeah. It depends, like the, the, it depends the, what it is. Like the mainstream stuff for sure. You can probably get cheaper on Amazon or, or Walmart or whatever. Floor, uh, uh, sorry. Florence, the machine mm-hmm. that, was 15 bucks and everywhere else I looked was 39 or more. And most of them didn't have it in stock. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do I pay twice plus shipping? It just, it's just tough. It's tough sell, man. So anyways, back to the records. I agree. Well, we're back, keep picking it back up. It's enjoyable. Come down to the pub, put the records on, play a little bit of league, have a laugh, have a shot of whiskey. Which my wife did awesome, buying me two bottles of whis- uh, scotch and whiskey, and it was good. Got me one from Scotland. Got me McClellan's, which is very smoky and uh, hurts your insides uh, on the way down. And then, of course, just uh, a, a normal Canadian tradition of um, what the hell is it? I'm forgetting the name of it right now. What's the one in Niagara Falls? So good, he doesn't even know what it's called. Nah, I drink. I drink it all the time. It's like my go-to. Clearly, the, give me that brown stuff. Well, you drink too much, but this shit happens to you. Oh my God. The one in Niagara Falls, just outside of Niagara Falls. And and, uh, and people that are listening, if you know whiskey or you know what is produced in Ontario, you're yelling at me. Yeah, now can you call, most, call into the hotline and let us know? It's it's the most predominant whiskey made in fucking Ontario. <laughs> Alberta Premium. What, what? You don't know what it is either, do no, you? Of course not. Why not? Because I don't drink Canadian whiskey. <laughs> Oh, I can't drink. No, there, this is. There's some Canadian whiskeys you can drink. Ah, carry on. I'm going to oh pick this up. It's killing me. Well, normally I take you out for uh, for lunch or dinner for your birthday, but I'm not really sure how that's going to um, happen this year. Just send me skip the dishes. I, I, I'm I'm <laughs> contemplating that. I was also thinking about sending you uh some beer from chronicle but i didn't know what you have or what you are drinking uh yeah i really just got back into the whiskeys again 40 creek thank you jesus killed me 40 creek whiskey leaving all that in that entire two minutes took you to figure that out fuck off i don't care anyways yes 40 creek yeah i don't know man i was thinking we could just do like drinks on your driveway if you wanted Driveway drinks. Your neighbors would love it. Oh, let's not even get into that. You have the world's weirdest neighbor. You have the psycho version of Ned Flanders. So all of you listening, there's Ned Flanders, right? Always there. Combine it with Wilson. Okay. So he's really always there, but peering at Without you in a the bit of an awkward advice. way. Yeah. And then add in like fucking Chucky. Like it's just borderline. We're not sure what the fuck is happening. But you know it's not good. Chickens love roosters. Geese love ganders. Everybody else loves Ned Flanders. You wish. I don't love Flanders. Yeah, he is uh, a psychopath. Every yeah. single time somebody comes over to our house, he will peer at them either from the window or he will come out to his driveway 
just to open and close his trunk or I stare at him every time yeah. as I try to make it, you know, when you, 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 I don't know how many people do this, but you might be on the receiving end. So like you go somewhere in public or, or you're, you're, you, 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 when we used to go places, <laughs> do you remember that? that? As that person staring at you and like, they're probably not even really looking at you. Like they're far enough away that they're probably looking past you or around you, but you feel like they're staring at you and you feel really fucking awkward and you don't know how to handle it. And you don't know what to do, and you put your head down on kind of shit. That's Adam. I try to, I try to do that to him. Yeah. <laughs> but I deliberately make it very clear I'm looking at him because he's not that far away, so it's pretty clear I'm looking at him. I wait next time I want to do the the uh, the finger thing where I point my fingers at my eyes and his eyes, so he knows like I'm looking at you, fucker. Like there's, it is at you. So, anyways, yeah, he's just he's a weird, weird cat, man. Yep. That he is. So ah. driveway drinks. Okay. Good to know. Uh, I'll, we'll have to think about this. I have been drinking and I have with me right now, this green mage key lime sour from Chronicle, which basically has like a, it looks like a old, like final fantasy for Nintendo label on it. It has like hit points and magic points and you can choose the character and whatnot. It's a really good sour actually. Yeah, their sours are pretty good. I'm not going to deny that. I, honestly, I've just been drinking light beer lately. So I've been drinking their Golden Axe, the usual for me. But uh, honestly, that. And then I switched over to uh, a couple of the bigger name brands right now just to stock the fridge because stuff was on sale and I was buying beer for – we had to have some work done on the roof. So I had to – I picked up some beer to thank a couple people for doing it because you know, you're not out there talking and helping them. So you actually have to try to give them something for patching a couple little things for you. Was that after the wind? Yeah, no, no, not. It was a couple few weeks ago. Oh, okay. We had uh, that really crazy rain that came down, like it was the end of the world. Mm. Yeah. So, anyways, all of a sudden, I had a leak in my spare bedroom, which means there's enough water to constitute a leak in the same day. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, it just turned out there was a giant hole in my uh, my valley. The metal they put down in the valley. There was a fucking hole in it. You can see wood. I don't know how the hell that happened, but anyways, actually, actually I do know how it happens. You put up bent metal. They bent the metal back when they put it up. And then the coated powder coating would be disrupted, which allows for oxidization of metal. So there's your nerd lesson of the day. Anyways, that's what happened. And so anyways, Perks of buying new. I also had to climb up into my attic to figure out where the fuck the water was coming from. That's an adventure. Ooh, did you find anything uh, exciting? Other than my attic is actually really well put together and the insulation is laid out nicely, which I didn't think it was. Uh, no, that was it. Mm-hmm. So no animals, no uh, feces, no other holes, no treasure, uh, no bodies. It's, it's a new house, man. It's not happening. So I don't know. anyways, it was fun. It was fun. And then you forget that crawling around on a roof is when you're almost 40 is harder than you thought it would be. And uh, I kind of laughed at it a little bit. But anyways, so as I was saying, you have to get beer to thank people. So I bought some name brand beers. And while I was in the beer store, things were on sale. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to buy a shitload of cans and then. I'm actually going to buy a case of beer. Like, what was the last time you've bought a case of beer, a case of bottles? <sighs> yeah, see? My 20s? I, I, yeah, it was a long time ago. So I bought a, a, an actual 2-4 of beer. Uh, I bought Crack Canoe. Yeah, I know it's light beer, but I actually like it. It's the Moosehead low-calorie beer. It actually tastes fucking good because most of them taste like water. This one actually tastes like beer. Okay, boomer. So, yeah. Hey, I like having those every once in a while. Listen, when you drink one or two drinks every night, it's good to keep the calories down in those drinks. That's true. So, hence bringing the whiskey back. Okay, so we have to find a night 
or an afternoon, actually, probably, which would make more sense, uh, where we just park ourselves in the driveway and drink a bunch of whiskey that we don't freeze to death. Uh, I should bring the recording equipment. It's not out of the question. <laughs> I know it's not. The wire, my, my speaker cables are uh, 20, foot, 20 footers. <laughs> we can podcast 40 feet from each other. We'll just record it as if we're going live, but we're not live. And I'm still going to have to edit this like the next day. And I'll be like, what the hell were we doing? Yeah, it would just be funny. Like 20 feet away on the driveway, your neighbor will be beside himself. <sighs> okay. Well, look forward to that where we probably call the police on my next door neighbor for something. Oh, my God. We can get arrested while recording a podcast in your driveway because your neighbor will clearly be an asshole about it. It is the neighbor that... Uh, had family members screaming at the fence builders for building a fence on our property. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. So, yeah. Uh, we should see if he wants to be a guest. Are you insane? Are you an insane person? Yeah, I am. Because I think you would kill him. So, anyways. Yeah. Well, that being said, what else is happening? Not much, man. PS5 released, Xbox Series X released, uh, of which neither one of them I'm going to be remotely getting anytime soon. I'm I was sure going to say, won't. are you going to head down that road? I mean... I'm sure at some point, but I gotta. I think my my plan right now is I'm gonna upgrade my TV, maybe upgrade my stereo receiver, and then I'll look at it. There's really no games that I've seen that have made me go like I have to get it just yet. I don't know if you've seen anything yeah, that's I, like this. I've seen some stuff, but I'm not too like the Spider Man game looks good. But to be fair, I can get that on the PS4. Yes, it won't you know load as fast and look as good, but if I really want it, I can get it. I don't know. Yeah. Not in a rush for it. No, I, I just still getting a lot of life out of my be, PS4. I, I I've got lots. I don't to even play. play. I don't even. I don't even play the PS4. The my daughter plays it. She enjoys it. She's got a couple titles that she's eyeballing for Christmas that she hopes she gets. So, which is the Marvels, the Marvels uh, Avengers game, which is like the open world RPG or yep, whatever yep, that yep. is going to be. And then I think I think she was interested in the Spider Man title as well, possibly. We were playing Street Fighter 2 because that was a free, uh, if you're a PlayStation 4 and you're getting your free games, that was an opportunity to play. And what the hell? What? Oh, you mean, Have you played? Street Fighter 5, isn't it? Whatever yeah, it yeah, is. the new one, yeah. No, I haven't played yeah. it yet. What? Honestly? It's not the same like, though, right? Well, no, no. It The controls are still the same. Like you literally can pick that game up in combo just like you did before and use their moves and you, you're, you could pick right up where you left off. Um, the characters are um how can i put this every 13 year old's fantasy they are made Uh, in such a way and they move in such a way that it's wrong and it doesn't rate it that way and then their costumes like they (laughs) the screenlows my daughter says to me she goes oh yeah dad don't look at what they look like i looked up and went what the hell you got that that uh that jiggle factor going on you, a 13-year-old boy can't play that game. Yeah. Guarantee you. You can't. The world champion of that game, I bet you, is a female. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just keep jumping. I, I, I do think at some point, because it's been a little while, we, we really should play something, be it uh, Fall Guys or, or League or, or something that we both have that we can play and have a few drinks and play and stream. And I'm good for League. Get mad. Because I've gotten way calmer at it. <laughs> really well that i'd like to test yeah well i would prefer you to play at least for a day or two oh see it's already started <laughs> i just all right I just, just need get you good to 
just just get average. Well, I can't just average, man. That's it. Just average. I, don't, I make all. I make no guarantees. Yeah, I know, but I think I think I have a better mindset of how to play with you now. <laughs> so I think it would be better now. Okay. Well, so. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll try that. We'll uh, watch for that. We'll uh, we'll see. We should be able to get that uh, put together. In all likelihood, the way I move, we'll probably end up doing that before this episode comes out. So you've already seen it, and I hope it was good. Yeah. It's so true, isn't it? Look, man. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're an hour and a half in. We've already drained time of your life you can't get back that you could have been watching a TV show or something, probably. It's true. Best. You're so. driving off of the road right now listening to this. No. Yes. I don't know, man. I think that's a good catch-up. I'd love to say this will get us back on track, but, you know, I'm not predicting the future because God knows what. Uh, I, we do actually legitimately, if either one of us have the time to sit down and actually plan it out. We do have topics that we do want to talk about in at length. We just have not been able to put that together. Wait, it's been so long since we've had those topics. I forget what those topics are. Well, I'm, oh my God. The music I, of our, of our adolescent years growing I, up with, I music. wasn't yeah, going to mention was, it on the podcast because then people will expect uh, it. <laughs> no, no, we, we totally had an idea for going over, you know, music of each year of high school kind of idea. Like what was the big song? Like there's the big songs that were influential to everybody, but what was like our big song individually or big song bands that was like really key that if we hear on the radio makes us remember that time or remember things about that time. And there's certain songs and it's funny because that doesn't necessarily mean they're even a good song. And some of the songs might not even be songs that we like, but you just can't help but know of it, have a memory and damn well know the words whether you like it or not. And so there's a few of those too. So that that's we want to get in that dialogue, in that conversation, because I have found out I didn't think kids were as into music today as they were previously. And what I have found out is that my oldest, who's in high school now, has not only shared that music is a big deal, uh, both modern music, but they're like really into stuff that's older. And when I say older, it's kind of like all over the place. It's like 70s onward. Uh, and so, yes, stuff from the early 2000s uh, is, is probably high on the list for them, but it's some good stuff. And then there's lots of classic, too. Like when you hear your kids talk about like uh, the band or talk about, um, what was that one got me off guard? Um, Fleetwood Mac. I was like, what? <laughs> your playlist is amazing. <laughs> so anyways. Yeah, well, I, well, well, we'll definitely get into that. What I'm thinking is probably for us would be interesting is we get like the, um, you know, get the Billboard top songs, but also get like the SoCan, which was like the Canadian ones. And then if we can track down like, like what was popular on like the edge for that year or like, like a more local station. I think that would be even more accurate for us. Right. So I think that would be interesting to Cause I think that'll, that'll spark a lot of uh, memories for sure as to what we were listening to at the time. So I think that's definitely something that we want to get, uh, get together for sure and get that uh, done. Hopefully next episode, if we actually, you know, plan these things out accordingly. Perfect. So there you go. We've actually teased what's coming next. And now, unless I edit it out, we must do it next episode. So stay tuned for that. There you go. All right. Cheers. Uh, So don't forget, you can always follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Happy Zen Podcast. If you're still on that hellhole known as Facebook, I'm sorry. Not, Not me. 
uh, we are on there, I believe, just under the Happy Zen podcast. And uh, HappyZen.com's website it has all the episodes, all the information. Yada, yada, yada. And don't forget our friends over at DeadlyGrounds.ca. Uh, head over. They got Christmas themed coffee. They've got probably some stuff left over from Halloween. They've got some new brands. What was that? The mistletoe. Yes. So uh, both Deadly Grounds uh, brands. Oh, sorry. That, that was that was Ape That's all right. Yeah. Uh, Ape Beans and Deadly Grounds both have Christmas blends uh, that are out now. And they, uh, I tried the mistletoe last night. It's a chocolate cinnamon mix. It's uh, it's really good. Like it's not like your everyday coffee, but as a treat, it was it was it was good. I liked it. Yeah. If you have your own little uh glass carafe and you make the odd smaller little session of coffee for yourself not your big pot this is the perfect stuff to put in there and have a couple cups of uh mistletoe or any of their stuff that they got cooking right now so head over delegrounds.ca at checkout uh happy zen is your promo code that's us and it'll get you what is it 10 or 15 percent? 10 percent off your order i think it's 15 let's say 10 and then if it's 15 it's a surprise yeah that's we don't. We just get it. We don't. Even to be honest, to it, I so. mean, look, that code may have expired a year ago. I, I, I have, I, I have it on authority that it's still good. But just in case, come back to us if it's not. Yeah, uh, I know uh, a certain listener of the show bought some stuff in September and they shared it with us that their code worked. So it's true. That says it's still going. I also may have a family member that has connections over there now, so I can uh, pull some strings if uh, we need to. You bloody, you bloody will have connections over there. So. That's right. All right. Anyways, with all that being said, make sure you visit the, the friends of the show uh, with them. And don't forget to check out other friends of the show. You got Jason Anarchy and Jason Anarchy Games. And who else have we got, Matt? Oh, man. We got uh, we got Nomnivore Games. We've been playing Emberwind, Skies of Axia lately. So you check them out, uh, emberwindgame.com. We've got uh, Peter Tchaikovsky. He's got the story engine going on. That's just coming out uh, any day now, I think. Um, he's rockpapercynic.com is his website. Or story engine deck. I can't remember. Check our website. Uh, Jason's got a new drinking quest coming out. I mean, you know. Perfect for the holiday season during uh, COVID. I know what we need to do. We need to do drinking quest with our friends over Zoom or something. And that could be I fun. think we could do it because A, yeah. that we could do like just the the the. Actually, we wouldn't even need to do that. Just do it with the camera. Just hold the card up. Yeah, no, we can do this. Yeah, we can okay, totally do I, this, and that that could be fun. So far, there's no driving involved. That's awesome. Every idea so far is involving drinking. So you know, that's 2020 for you. It is the year that we got more comfortable with consuming alcohol responsibly. And uh, on that note, congrats, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and uh, we out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for the nails getting dragged down the corridor as they pull them out. I'm assuming the Secret Service is going to, on the day when they finally get the code in the ear, all of a sudden the door, the window of the open office, Oval Office just opens up from the outside and they just throw them out the fucking window and they shut the window like nothing happened. And then someone pulls out a a can of aerosol and they're just spraying the air. If we do ever have a, a live episode of video, that will be when it happens. So watch for that. But until next time, uh, that's it. See you later. Take care.